Welcome to the Fireside Chat, presented by Rotographs and Pitcher List. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Paul Sporer and Nick Pollock. Hello and welcome to episode 711 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Friday, June 28th. I'm your host, Paul Sporer, and it's another Fireside Chat, which means I'm joined by Nick Pollock. Nick, how's it going? What is happening? How are we doing today? We're doing well. It's, uh, you know, we're wrapping up the week. Got a lot of stuff to talk about focused on one player. We're getting back to our roots here, mm. and um, I'm excited about it. You've got some amazingly exciting stuff coming up on the Pitcher List pod. I obviously won't spoil any of it, but uh, we're recording earlier to accommodate that. So this is uh, this is great. A lot, big weekend ahead. Stay tuned to the uh, to the Pitcher List feed, folks. If you listen to this via the, the Sleeper in the Bus feed, that's great. Get over to the Pitcher List feed. First off, just add that. You know, get get the Pitcher List <laughs> podcast. So you get the the morning ones that are that are recaps of the day before on the corner, on the bat, or off the bat. On the um, barrel. On the uh, barrel. See? But you got it. I mean, this is awesome. Thank you so much for those kind of words. We're really stoked but for this weekend. It's, it's gonna be ridiculous. I know what's going on, y'all. <laughs> but uh we're gonna we're gonna go away from the good news. Getting a little bit of bad news. Mm, yeah. We're talking Blake Snell today. This one was requested by a few people, unsurprisingly, because now we're looking up. It's going to flip the calendar to June here over the week – or July, excuse me, over the weekend on Monday. And uh, he's going to have a five ERA, an ERA north of five. Actually, let's see. Will he pitch again? He will pitch again this weekend. So he could keep it below five if right. he pitches at all. Uh, decently because he's at a 501 right now. But the 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 craziest thing about this season is kind of the the topsy turvy nature of it. He opens up with a little bit of a dud against Houston. You don't really uh, worry about that at all. No one really batted an eye except for the fact that it's opening day. You really want gems from your studs. Whatever. Bounces back with uh, 24 strikeouts in 13 innings. That's all. Against Colorado and the White Sox, I mean, actually, you could, could go all the way and say 33 strikeouts in uh, in 19 innings because the third start was great too. Then hurts the toe, moving something in his bathroom, a big piece of marble dropped it on his foot. Went on the 10 day IL, comes back, back to back crummy starts against KC. For those that don't know, Blake Snell is in the Twitch community. Uh, he streams and uh, cool guy supports the MLB community. And comes into the, my stream a, a decent bit. And I remember we were talking to him, and he's not afraid to answer questions. We can always ask him stuff about on the field. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of questions coming up as he's heading into his May 6th start. What's going on, dude? You know, is it the toe? Is it the toe? That's that's basically the only question people want to ask. He accepts full responsibility. Snell's like, it's not the toe. It's me. I figured some things out, though. I'm going to be fine. The, that was on May 5th. The ne- very next day, he throws... Six innings of one hit ball, nine strikeouts against the Diamondbacks, and goes on the rest of the month to be Blake Snell again. You know, and and toe concerns assuaged, I would say. <laughs> uh, he's doing you know three oh six ERA, boatload of strikeouts going into June. That's when trouble really begins, though. You got a dud at Detroit, smokes Boston at Boston. That's great, but then the Angels, Yankees, Twins have run him up, and that's where we're at now with an ERA that's ju- jumped up a, a point and a half in the last three starts to the 501 that we're at right now. 
So folks look at the metrics. They see a lot of similarities to last year, so we know that. So we're going to go deeper. Nick, what are you seeing with Blake Snell that has us at the point that we're at today? So the main thing I really want to focus on today is about his secondary stuff. Okay. Uh, about his curveball and his slider. I think a lot of people don't realize last year his slider returned a, a PVAL of 10.6. Or if it's pinch info, it, that would be 11. For both PVAL or pitch value and pitch info pinch values, that's a negative pitch this season. Oh my goodness. Uh, his slider, it really comes down to his slider being a 36% zone rate pitch last year and also being 26% swing strike rate. And of course, O swing above forty percent, so pretty much a money pitch, but not. But you understand, it's it was it was cash money for him. It was it was, it was a weapon for for Blake Snell. The zone rate has gone down twenty points, not percentage points, as in sixteen percent zone rate on that slider in two thousand nineteen. <laughs> okay, so I mean, there might be a little confusion sometimes with labeling uh, slider versus curveball. Right. Sure. Um, it's technically by using uh, by using that it was only 101 thrown this year, and you might think you know maybe he's thrown more than that. And it's this curveball instead that's thrown 390. Well, that's also dropped in zone right, 33 percent down to 27 percent. I imagine also if you you want to include that 15, it's just a lot of breaking pitches that are not in the zone all of a sudden. Now I do often encourage that hey, I want breaking balls to be underneath the strike zone as temptation pitches, and not so much being strike getters. But the problem but they have. To- but well, you have temptation. to do both. You have to do both. You have yes. to essentially know that when this isn't a fastball, that I still could be swinging. Mm-hmm. And the fact that both his slider and his curveball were above a 30% zone rate last year, and this year both are underneath it, well, that's a little startling for me. And what I've seen, actually, is the last couple starts, he's really turned more towards change-ups. And, yeah, I mean, the change-up inherently isn't necessarily a bad pitch. I mean, again, really good whiff pitch, 19%. Plus swing striker, that's good, but it's also 25% zone rate this year. And, and as I was watching these starts, I mean, even if you look at the Yankee one, uh, if you watch that, the first four pitches and everything looks totally fine. Uh, DJ LeMahieu reaches on a slider that he dribbled to third that they can't barehand, so he gets on first base. And then it's an 0-2 count on Voight after him swinging at two curveballs that were underneath the strike zone. It looks fine. Everything looks mm-hmm. fine. And all of a sudden, he couldn't put void away because he couldn't throw a secondary pitch for a strike and void would just foul off every fastball he saw and then he actually threw a a, a good 3-1 changeup. it was a 3-1 count but it was a still a really good 3-1 changeup to gary sanchez down and away i think even maybe even off the plate that sanchez took yard to right field um, and it was already kind of ruined there he had no confidence throwing anything inside the zone and he couldn't throw his secondary stuff there and that's that and he got pulled with the bases loaded essentially walking i think to at least two of them it might have been three, but no, it was, it was two. I uh, no, actually, it was three. No, it was he walked the bases loaded. He got pulled from that game yep. by about forty pitches. So, so that I mean, I wanted to see kind of after that, like, okay, is he was he going to do differently against the Twins? Is this going to be, you know, is he going to find the zone again with the secondary pitches? Not really, honestly. He couldn't really. He didn't trust his his slider and curveball in that start. Uh, and it actually honestly was hinted at before against the Angels. Technically, he only threw five sliders in that one. That's not that's not right to me. He was throwing more changeups all of a sudden. Changeups supposed to be the fourth pitch, yeah, not the third, that, that, yeah. not even like the second one. No, that's definitely Snell's. You know, it's it's better than a show me, but it, it's it's not. 
supposed to be one of his fundamental weapons. Exactly. It's. I mean, it's great. It's. It's. A, it's a positive that yes. it's his fourth pitch, but it shouldn't be his second pitch. Uh, and, and this one, yeah, he really turned away. Only threw fourteen combined sliders and curveballs in eighty pitches in that start against the Twins. As he really attacked with his four seamer up, which was good. But the fact that he didn't have that that temptation often, and even when he did, honestly, he threw a curveball to, um, I think it was Jorge Polanco. I oh, know Jonathan Scope that he took yard that was underneath the plate, and like, how can you have confidence if you're Snell when that yeah, happens see, on an O2 pitch? You brought that up now on two different pitches, and so often, obviously, not not even us, uh, you and I, Nick. Uh, can watch every game, every start of you know every player. So we actually have to, you know, we have to lean on stats a lot. And I think I know I lose sight. I won't speak for you necessarily, but I lose sight of the fact that you know not every home home run was a mistake by the pitcher. Not every shellacking was even just like the pitcher failing to do his job. The the hitters are trying too, and right. you can execute the best pitch, but if the hitter is looking for it, uh, you know, or or you know gets lucky, you know. They don't even have to be looking for it. Like I said, they can just get flat lucky. But if they're on it too, they're doing their thing. They're trying to hit things out. And um, I think too often we see these ones that you know, are out of the zone. It was an executed pitch. It was good. And we can't believe that it was taken out. But again, these hitters are trying. And the bouncy ball adds an, another layer of it too. Sure. Because you don't even have to be as, as flush and, and hit it as well to get strong results. Now, I wonder how, how much – um, did you notice like the juxtaposition of the breaking balls falling out of the zone more often with the fastball being in the zone more often? Yeah. Is that making it like predictable of like, oh, I'm just going to wait for that fastball in the zone because he's throwing it in the zone 65 percent up from 47 last year? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think in the Yankee star, he just couldn't really put anything anywhere that he wanted um, with the twins. Kind of. Yeah, he was very good inside the zone. But honestly, I mean, that should be OK. I uh, I'm not against that as long as you also do secondary stuff inside the zone a bit too. Um, yeah, maybe it should be a little more elevated and out. Maybe more a little bit. Uh, you know, I talked about the Blake Snell blueprint being like only up and down and not about in and out. But sometimes if you feel that you're getting guys too comfortable in the box, you do have to go inside to them. Sure. Um, and that's obviously I will never be against a pitcher that just wants to go up and into to a right hander or a left hander. That's just yeah, the but, best place to pitch by far. And Blake's not afraid to do that. Right, so if he's doing that effectively, then that's okay inside the zone still. And he actually was against the Twins. It's just the secondary stuff wasn't really complementing right. Uh, there was just nothing that was really working for him in that respect. So in my head, I'm like, all right, yes, this is at least explains why he's not doing well. And this wasn't something that he struggled with nearly as much last year. He had an amazing feel for those secondary pitches. He could he could pair that up with his heater, no problem, all the time. And a lot of times, also, the, the, the ones that we're seeing very far in uh, early in the play. That is like it's it's in the dirt, but it's like so clearly in the dirt, not your standard bouncing behind the plate kind of offerings. Uh, and it's not necessarily a bad thing to bounce pitches. That's actually can be kind of nope. good. You know, Cone talks about it uh, in his book where he's like, I actually practiced throwing pitches in the dirt because like actually that's what I want. I want like bad ones and good ones. It can be uh, a remarkably effective pitch. Um, right. You know, and if you have a catcher you can trust, so that you're not, you know, going half speed on it. Like you can't really. Well, that's that's some of the things that you see, you know, sometimes with a Gary Sanchez uh, or a poor receiver. The pitcher's afraid to execute that, so they want to go for that particular pitch. They can't. They get caught in between. 
and you'll wind up with some hangers that uh, end up having damage against them. So, you know, they have good catchers there in uh, Tampa Bay, so you should feel like you can trust them to do that. But everything just feels a little bit off this month. Mm -hmm. And this is where the bulk of the trouble is, of course, uh, because even with some of the bad starts earlier the 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 two surrounding the uh, the toe injury and the and the headline or the opening day one uh, he 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 ran past those so this is all really confined to june for the trouble uh, as far as paying the price for even if he was doing the same things in may snell was not was not paying for them cuz he was uh, pitching brilliantly so we have a, a set of metrics that look eerily similar to last year especially when you talk about the very base ones strikeout rate walk rate swinging strike um, that all is looking the same. Coming into the year, we knew that a 241 Babbitt wasn't going to hold. Sure. Um, you know, it's the meaning of 5.6 hits per nine. That's excellent. That's not going to hold. But now we're on the other end. It's 357 and 8.8, respectively. The homers are up as well because they are for seemingly everybody in the league at 1.3. Though I will say, um, a good bit of that damage, even 16 starts in, is still the three home runs that the Astros got against him on opening day. If you just look from the second game on, it's it's a more reasonable 0.9 um, or 0.98, so about 1.0. But that's, I can live with that. So I don't, I don't say that because those homers against Houston don't count, but it hasn't been a sustained problem even throughout this ugly month for Snell. He's only allowed mm-hmm. three homers this month. So that's not the issue. So I guess we need to look and, and start talking about what the solution is. Like, what what can we see from Snell? Actually, by the way, because he's thrown so few innings, he does actually have a one point six on those three homers this month. So right. I guess I guess even with just three homers allowed, it is a bit of a problem. But uh, what what's the solution? Is this something that's that's irredeemable the rest of the way? Is it a tweak? Is it a, a fundamental change? What would you prescribe? To uh, to fix Blake Snell right now. I mean, it's it's keeping confidence with those breaking pitches. Without them, he's not. You know, he's 2017 again, uh, yep. which is that change of fastball approach that just doesn't do it. Um, and the main thing that got me excited earlier 2018 was the heavy focus on breakers and his execution of them. And he still gets so many whiffs with it. Um, and it's really funny if you look at the the strike zone plots of these five games. So we're talking about uh, Tigers June 4th, and then Red Sox, Angels, Yankees, Twins. You don't even need to look at the lines. You can just see the strike zone plot and understand which was the good one, which was that one against the Yeah, the Boston one. It's it's unreal. You just see the bottom of the zone and right underneath it peppered with blue and yellow and green. And that's those are the secondary pitches, the uh, Mm -hmm. the, the curveball slider and changeup. And everything is red above it. I mean, I should put that one on my wall. That's just so great. (laughs) So, But if you look at also, I, I think we should mention about that Tigers start. How many whiffs do you think he had in that game? How many swinging strikes do you think out of 95 pitches do you think yeah, Blake Snell had? Pitches. Uh, out of 95 pitches, like 26. Yeah, yeah he had 25. I was going to say 25. I don't Yeah, I, I went for That's weirder. ridiculous. So, yeah. I mean, he was still being very deceptive of that when he allowed a grand slam to Miguel Cabrera on a curveball that was under the zone. Yep. And it's just, oh. And, you know, and, and it's so frustrating to watch that and see that result. When he was getting a lot of good strikes, I think he actually was effective in that one, and it carried over a bit into the Red Sox game. It's that really was, for me. It's those last three games that really are like, wait, what's you know, we yes. need to take uh, take inventory on this. That um, uh, that that Miggy home run was the ultimate like fan versus fantasy moment. Yeah, because <laughs> you know I love Miggy and I'm a Tigers fan, and so I, you know I've been rooting for him to kind of get right, but. 
you know, Snell's my guy, man. I got him in some leagues as my ace. And I'm like, you're kidding me, Mickey. You're kidding me, dude. This is how, you play like this all year. The one time you're going to get loose right. is going to like tank my fantasy team. Oh man. Come on, man. That, yeah, that <laughs> drove me nuts. Uh, oh, that was awesome. Yeah. He hit like what? Four home runs all year. And it was the week that I finally cut Miguel Cabrera. So it was, right. a, an, it was extra. It was like extra knife, knife twist there. But again, I wasn't panicked. Bounces back with a gem at Boston. That, that's the craziest thing about this is that we've arrived at this 501 number in the span of three starts. I mean, point, point three, um, you know, a one out outing where you allow six runs, which is the New York one, that can do so much damage. Right. I mean, that that alone just does a, a world of hurt to anybody's numbers. So, um, yeah, that, that's been huge right now. And I agree with you that that's really, you know, we look at those three and it's kind of the big focus. By the way, how much how much ERA, how many points of ERA do you think that that start added? If we took that off, what do you think his ERA would drop to? For just for the entire season? Yeah. If we took off the Yankees start, the, the oh, third let, let, let's think runs. about this. Um, I would say you could have like a four ten, four thirty, four thirty five actually to be precise. Yeah, so right, it so would drop. Be I freaking mean, freaking out so much. I mean, the panic would not. Crook, yeah, number, you, yeah, you would not have near the panic. You'd be you'd be annoyed. It would be a cause for concern. We'd probably still be having this talk, but it wouldn't be to the degree of like because that five man. You see that five. It feels like all hope is lost. Right, it's really sure. not, though, right? I mean, because yep. now he's a couple of good starts from from being back in the low fours, and then he's back under four before you know it. Um, so the the breaking balls are what you're looking at as the main focus of whether or not uh, Blake Snell's right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, it's essentially, he's got to get the feel for these breaking balls back. It's uh, it's kind of nuts that this is the thing that really brought him, you know, that earned him the Cy Young in 2018. Were these pitches? I can't. I just really can't wrap my head around that. After three starts, that's just gone, and we're done with it. Because I mean, yeah, I've been talking about the zone rates being lower, and has been kind of a thing through the year. But he did it just as recently as that Red Sox start. Yeah, and I have to imagine this is a major focus of Snell to get back to that. Um, by the way, were you talking about like removing this one start? It's this. Just reminds me so much. I don't know if you remember 2016 with with Jacob Degrom. That he ended the year with a 3.04 ERA, but we took away his last three starts where he was essentially hurt. He had a 2.30. Oh man! Um, and that was like the thing. I was like, "Hey guys, like, let's let's like Jacob Degrom, you know." And, See, and that, I, that's the counterpoint to the people that say, "Okay, you know what? What we can't play the games of removing starts." And yes, I I, I so disagree with that. Yeah, you kind of can a little. It depends the context that you're. You're not saying it doesn't count. You're trying to paint the picture of like what we're dealing with here. Not all ERAs are created equally, and I think right. the makeup of them is very important. I think game logs absolutely matter when you're telling the story. And yeah, he pitched those three starts, but like you said, he was hurt. That was the ulnar nerve year yep. for Jacob deGrom. And uh, he gave up 25 hits in two of them at San Francisco and at <laughs> St. Louis. And then uh, and then Miami of all teams you know, know five was, we were like, five innings, three runs. You know, that doesn't kill you, but against Miami, you're expecting way better. So I, I, I I'm surprised the Grom cast. No, uh. no, no. Yeah, sorry, but okay. So here's the thing, too. He starts this weekend against Texas. They're yeah. a formidable offense. At least it's at home, and then he gets the Yankees again next week. So it's two tough starts. I know the answer for me, but is there a situation where you're sitting, Blake Snow? No, I'm doing this. Yeah, I'm. I'm 100 with you. I don't it's, sit studs. 
Right. I mean, this is um, it's I understand why people are scared, and this could. I mean, honestly, it's it's fathomable to me that he goes off and he still doesn't have that slider that he can throw for a strike. Because you never and know when does feel, rely. Feel's going to come back. Right. How scary right. is that, Nick? Your former pitcher. If you lose feel for a pitch and it just happens, you know what is there happens. A of honestly, panic? yeah, of course there is. But what 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 goes on in your head is you. What we often recommend catchers to do is when a pitcher all of a sudden walks a guy in four pitches or whatever, he goes out and says, hey, you're not getting on top of the ball. Stay on top of the ball. They don't know what they're doing most of the time. Just but it's not the pick. idea. Right. It's not the idea of I'm getting you the exact tweak. It's about focus on something with your mechanics and stick to that and lose, you know, get back to the muscle memory. This isn't a long enough sample for me to believe that Snell now can't do this. Correct. Um, I, I have to believe that everything's coming back. I actually got a, a tweet. I think it was this morning about like, hey, Aaron Nola was amazing. Would you rather have Nola or Snell at this point? And I'm going Snell. I'm going uh, Snell as well. It's uh, it's yes. Yeah, I, the fear, I get it. You know, I'm talking about the slider dropping 20 points in zone rate this year. It's not mm-hmm. as good as it was last year. That doesn't matter. I, I still see a guy that, that should be a three-year rate this year with an elite strikeout rate. That yep. whip is not going to be 134. Do not panic. I would take any discount I could get. I'd, I'd buy him at market yep. value, to be quite honest. But if I can, I think you're in a position where you can finagle a bit of a discount in a trade. You're not going to steal him. This is Blake Snell we're talking about, and, and most of you that listen don't play in leagues full of clowns that are just going to give away Blake Snell. <laughs> but uh, you know, approach him, approach the uh, the person who has him on the in your league, and say, listen, we're trying to get some pitching here. I'll give you something fair. I can't pay full price, but uh, let, let's let's get something done here. I usually go above board and just like over-explain when I'm in doing those trades, so people don't look like I'm trying to come in and feel like I'm going to steal somebody from me. I was like, I know I'm buying a distressed asset. You know I am too. Let's get to something that makes you comfortable right. with this without being full price. You know, I who do you think has the number one swing strike rate in the majors right Place now? now. Yeah. Yeah. Who is, so, how far away do you think he is from the second place? He is substantially over, like Verlander <laughs> and yeah, it's eighteen percent for Snell. It used to be nineteen percent, but now yeah. it's eighteen percent. Sixteen point five is second. Like that, Max that, Scherzer. That's significant. That's, that's significant. <laughs> One point five points there is significant, and that again, there's just so much to still like here, despite the five ERA. And that's again why you're not going to get some major discount, but you should be able to to get a discount all right so that's blake snell we feel good about that quick hitter before we get out brendan mckay pitches saturday i'm excited it's fun i'm very excited how are you feeling about it fantasy wise is do you think this is a one and done i mean we know the rays play games man you know we talk about dodgeritis there could be some raysitis to be honest with, <laughs> with the way they kind of uh, do certain things obviously they don't do anything with you know snell himself the guys that they trust but uh what do you think Automatic pickup or or, okay, or so, what? Yeah, he's an automatic pickup. You you pick him up. You see how this plays out. This could have been something based on last night's 18 inning game. Yep. Uh, where they just need a day to rest more arms, and he could be going back down after. We don't know. Yeah. I would love for McKay to show up and just have a ball and be like, "Hey, the Rays are a contending team. We exactly. probably don't want Beaks and Yarbrough, the Friday Pirate, to be <laughs> everything." In our rotation, we we need a guy like McKay to really instill that. And not to mention Glasnow being out, 
until and, and not looking good. End of August, September, yeah. like it, this season effectively over, in my opinion. Right. I mean, in our minds, it kind of should be as far as where we should placing bets. I mean, I understand someone wanting like having an open IL stash and or oh, spot, for sure. and then like investing for the playoffs potentially. Okay, fine. But but yeah, I think the McKay does make an impact for the Rays. But honestly, right now he might just be one start, and then we he comes back and after the all like after the break, like that yeah. bingo. That's exactly what I think could happen here. But so don't cut him. He has an automatic all formats pickup right now. Even if this is a one and done, Brendan McKay one two two ERA point eighty WHIP. Uh, 88 strikeouts against 15 walks and 66 and two thirds. There's no reason for them to waste the bullets in AAA here if this guy's ready. So we'll see how he does in this start. He'll be a fab pickup in a lot of leagues. Those of you with fastest finger, he's already. I mean, he should already be. <laughs> he's gone, dude. I, I was I was streaming last night and they my stream told me that McKay get call, got called up. I have a 10 team head to head. That's my only league where you just can pick up instantly right right so we're sitting there going through the names of who i should cut and he was picked up in exactly i was too slow and i'm mad too because i was debating a pitcher and i had stupid garrett cooper right there to cut and garrett cooper mm. was a nice little fill-in he was killing it but now that i have olsen and hunter dozier back healthy in my uh first base and corner i should have seen cooper right away and just made the move you know I, I'm not kidding here. I played in a home team league since I have one since 2000, the year 2000, and always has been quick on the draw. Back in the day, I mean, I stopped doing this essentially when I started doing pitcher list. I had a list I would make of like the last guy every day. I would always know who's my cut, who's ready. No, that's that's smart. And I, I should just have known. Assess that every single day yep. because I'm like, all right, who am I cutting today? Okay, it's this person, and especially they, in a 10 or 12 team one, league. It's got it's got to be fast because we were actually you know I was I, I was looking at my pictures like guys I can't I want to stick with Zach Gallen Eflin just got smoked but he's been good I was like is it Matt Strom so we're looking at all these pictures and then I, I scrolled up to my hitters I see Garrett Cooper and we all we all agreed the chat's like yeah yeah Cooper click it teammate already has this player and I was like oh who's teammate my opponent. So he's gonna throw him against me on Saturday too. So it could be the 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 extra the the extra well, hit. Hey, maybe Brendan will be okay. Yeah, maybe he'll only be okay and and not okay. so good. And we'll, and we'll see how that goes. But anyway, quick quicker fireside today. We really had to dive in on Blake Snell. The bottom yes. line is, do not panic. Understand the the worry. Uh, but you drafted him as as a high end asset. I do not play the sit my stud game until he gets good. I'm not missing. A 12 strikeout game on my bench to let him get right like that yeah. i don't play that game and the component numbers the strikeouts and the walks and the swinging strikes are elite still well the walk rate isn't but the the strikeout rate and the walk rate's average swinging strike rate nick told you how good it is you got to stick with them nick you have a big rest of the day and <laughs> weekend coming up looking forward to it I hope everything goes well, and and folks will soon know what we're talking about. And if you listen to this, say, on Saturday, again, jump over to the Pitcherless feed right away. Part one of of the two big surprises will already be holding it back for me. This is great. Thank you. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. So, Nick, (laughs) have a great weekend, and we will talk next week. Yeah, looking forward to it. We're always fun hanging with you by the fire. Thanks for listening to today's Fireside Chat with Paul Spore and Nick Pollock. Follow both Paul and Nick on Twitter at Spore and at Pitcherlist.